Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because, yep, we're We're going going there. there. Hello, Going There girlies. We're back again. Samantha, how are you today? I am great. We are coming off of our series um, that we just finished, our mini-series this fall, and we're so excited to talk to a new friend today. Yeah, we have a fun little lineup of several interviews coming at you. So today we have Hope Regan Harris. I like seeing your whole name together, but hi, Hope. (laughs) Hello, how are you guys? Good. Do you go by just Hope or do you go by your full double name? Yeah, so funny story. I go by Hope, but I saw there was another writer named Hope Harris. Oh. I'm like, man, I got to be unique here. So I just put in Reagan because that is my middle name. I love it. It's very cute. I was like, oh, that's a good name. You know, like when artists or authors come out. Have like a stage name. Yeah, Yeah. have like a stage name. And I'm like, I think about that when I'm now naming my children. I'm like, does this sound okay? Especially boys because like their name will never change. We told you right before, Hope, that Christian's pregnant with her third. I have two kids and you just had your first baby. And so someone told me this when naming a baby that you're supposed to sound out the syllable. So like, Hope, Reagan, Harris. Like you don't want to have like all the same syllables. You oh, want to have like a mix. Oh. <laughs> Could you have told me that before I named my daughter? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, my last name is Nguyen Swanders. It's... So we're just like messed up with that anyway. Elizabeth. Yeah, you it have a good mix. a wrench in it all. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone listening right now is going to be so annoyed. Yeah, they are. With but... us clapping. But anyways, welcome, Hope. We are excited <laughs> Thank for you. just to like be able to talk to you today. You are coming out with a new book, which we'll be covering later in our conversation. But why don't you just start off just letting everyone know here who you are, what's your life look like? Tell us about you. Oh my goodness. Yes. So I just turned 29. I am a wife to my husband, Will. We got married right out of college. So we've been married six years, just had our first baby, Remy Claire. Love her uh, name she too. just turned nine months. So, so she's fun. crazy. I actually dropped her at daycare today. And they told me that she's like their greeter. She stands at the door and just says, Aww. bye all day Aww. to people that <laughs> walk by. So I'm like, okay, we've got a little speaker in the making That's here. Cute. So yeah, they fill up most of my time. I do write on the side and then currently work full-time for version. So I'm actually a tech girly. I help enhance the Bible app. Oh, so, cool. That's so super awesome. Fun. Yeah. That is awesome. Not to go off on a rant on the Bible app for version, but <laughs> yeah. we, I feel like recently in my life, I've been trying to help some girls that I hang out with, talk about God with, about like all the features that the Bible app has. I'll be driving my kids to school and just playing scripture out loud and like the voices. I mean, it's so good. It's actually amazing. And I noticed in the Bible app recently, they have all these little like daily devotions with different like speakers and people like sharing a little scripture. I'm like, okay, you version Bible app. I know. Seriously, working there is crazy because every day, like I hear people's background, how they came to you version. And I'm like, I'm literally surrounded by the most genius people. And I'm like, what did I do to get a seat here? I mean, it's absolutely crazy. So I have another, now I did not expect to go off on this like YouVersion Bible (laughs) app rant. Hey, everyone download YouVersion. Yeah, well, so is it one of the most downloaded apps? Yes, and what's crazy is we actually have 
skinny down a version of the Bible app called Bible App Lite so that it can go to countries where people don't have the smartphones that we That's have. That's amazing. Cool. Y'all, it is like number one above TikTok in a wow. lot of countries, which is insane. That's awesome. That's yes. really, really cool. Well, I just thought that if the Bible was like the number one book sold, then probably the number one app would probably... I mean, who doesn't oh, yeah. have the Bible app on their phone? I'm not going to lie. I actually thought it like came already pre-downloaded on the phone, but it doesn't, I guess. No. <laughs> It but should. it's like that standard. I was like, oh, yeah, it just comes on the phone. Yeah. I mean, guys, Apple we would never. Well, but... yeah, we're obviously passionate about you as an individual reading the Bible. Yeah. And if you can't yeah. even like sit down and read the audible version of the Bible. I mean, my kids, like when I have my phone out, they're always like, mommy, you talking to a friend or listening to the Bible? It's so and like, those are the two awesome. things they know I do yeah. on my phone. And I'm like, I'm listening to my yeah. Bible, buddy. Because like when I fold my laundry, like these are the things that I'm like, it is very accessible in all areas of life that you can literally just like have scripture read over you. So that's a really cool job. I mean, there's purpose you were sharing and you might share later about your corporate job that you had been in, but there's purpose in any work that we do. We can find purpose there, but I would have to think that getting to do what you're doing now brings a lot of really cool like joy and you probably get to like hear cool stories about fruit from what you're doing. So I love that. And I have to shout out, we found out after we booked you for this episode, that we're both Bittenville, Arkansas girlies. Yes. In WA. In WA. Christian. Christian is obsessed with NWA. NWA after I took her there. We took our kids like we didn't have plans for spring break last year. So just like not our husband. Well, my husband came, I guess. But like Christian and her kids Your family came. and me and my kids Yeah, we stayed at my That's parents' amazing. house and I gave her like the full <laughs> hometown tour like took her to all the hot spots and i truly yeah, feel, did. yeah obsessed airship yeah you loved airship. 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 Okay. the sushi place on downtown the sushi place yeah. downtown that was um, stellar blue? no we went into blue actually i had never been there until we went in the it spring. was like by the art museum Yes. Actually, me and my husband just tried it. It's pretty good. Yeah, it was it's good. It's so good. Yeah. But it is kind of crazy, like, growing up there. I mean, it was always so cute and cozy and, like, quaint, but it is definitely a very different place now than it was 10 years ago. I know. It is, like, literally blowing up. It's yeah, insane. It's crazy. So, anyways, <laughs> I love that. And I'm like, well, I usually don't get to meet in real life the people we interview, so we're trying to figure out maybe we yeah, can meet for coffee sometime. Yeah, we're hanging out over Thanksgiving. Yeah, we already planned it. We'll meet, we'll meet at Onyx downtown. <laughs> yes. The almond croissant at Onyx. I text <laughs> Samantha you she often. Loves I, love I text Samantha often, and I'm like, I mean, I'm also pregnant, so, like, just, you know, I crave all the things, but I was like, <laughs> like I just need the croissant from Onyx Like, coffee. can you ship? Please. Yes. Yeah. And, Christian's like, always like, warmth. when are we going to go back to your parents' house? And I'm like, well, I'm going this weekend, but... <laughs> Can I tag along? You're like, you and your kids are going to hit your ride. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so anyways, we'll jump into your new book. And when did it come out? It came out October 3rd. Congrats. So like right a month ago. Yeah. Yay. Congrats. Yes. Yeah. You've come out with now your second book correct? Yes. Yes. So last year, I guess This Is My Happy Place came out and it's more of like a Devo type book. Yeah. Well, the book itself looks beautiful. We haven't gotten the chance to read the whole thing, but we're excited to dive in. But tell us a little yes, bit more about it. it. So it's called Purpose Doesn't Pause, Finding Freedom from What's Holding You Back. But obviously, yeah, we all crave to know our purpose, to live that purpose out. But tell us what inspired this book and what's kind of the story that's brought you here today. Yeah. So it's kind of funny how we're talking about like now me being in ministry, because what actually started me writing this book was I had actually had to turn down 
a really, really cool ministry opportunity. And I felt like the Lord was calling me right back to the corporate world, like to stay. And actually my journey started with the Peloton, which is kind of funny. So one day I just felt super stuck and confused and had for a long time. And you know, when you're like stuck and confused, you're like, I literally don't even have the energy to like work out. I don't even have the energy to like enjoy a cup of coffee. Like I'm just so overwhelmed that I just honestly feel paralyzed. Like life is passing me by, but I don't really know what to do about it. And so I found myself in this season. I had just said no to an amazing ministry opportunity, was really kind of frustrated with God. Like, why are you calling me right back to the corporate world? Like, why would you not work these details out? Like for this to be able to happen. And long story short, I went on a Peloton and I was sitting there and my husband walked in the room and I was literally like watching Kindle Tool. I love her. And I was just watching, not moving my feet. And my husband, Will, walked in the room and he was like, Hope, you have to move your legs. And at the time I was like super annoyed because I'm like, Duh, I know that I'm just tired. Okay. But <laughs> then when he Don't we the love room, when was, our husbands say things like that? And you're like, anyone else could have said that and I could have laughed it off, but because you did. I know. I was like, dude, really? Okay. But he left the room and I started thinking and I'm like, oh my gosh, the way that I'm sitting on this Peloton is literally how I'm living my life. Like the class is going, my life is going, but I'm literally waiting for life to look the way that I think it should look or want it to look before I'm choosing to show up and I've got to do something about this. So all of a sudden Kindle tools, like turn up the resistance lean in. And when I did that, something changed. Like the resistance was still there. But when I pivoted my posture, it got easier, right? Like the resistance was still there, but there was something about leaning in that made the resistance doable. And I'm like, hmm, I kind of had this aha moment of like, there's going to be resistance in life. Like obviously, even Peter says towards the end of his life to Christians that are being persecuted and just going through trials and sufferings, like don't be surprised when like bad things happen. Don't be surprised when you're facing trials. They're going to make you strong and steadfast. And so I had this like aha moment of like, the resistance there, there's going to be trials. But like, if I lean in and focus on the one and live for an audience of one and just trust that I'm positioned purposefully, maybe something could change. So I went back into my corporate world and I started just showing up differently. Well, I actually just started showing up to be honest. Like I just started being there and I realized that I was overcomplicating my purpose. I was thinking it was my job or whatever, but really your purpose isn't pause because it is to love God and to love people. So I started on this journey, which it kind of goes throughout the whole book, but just how to love God and love people wherever you are. And I wrote the book in a way, which I'm excited about, like this is what I'm most passionate about, is I wrote it in a way where you don't have to read the whole book from start to finish. So I actually picked topics that just cause you to feel overwhelmed and confused and stuck in your everyday life. So like comparisons, one, your dreams not looking like you pictured is another, the opinions of others. And so you can literally just read that chapter and it kind of has a personal story from me and then biblical truth some steps that you can take. And then after I have a story from a friend who has struggled with that exact thing and they help you like overcome. So it's kind of like a mini podcast. interview. I was going to say that's exactly what we try to do is like, not just say a bunch of fluff, but look at scripture, talk about our personal stories, and then hopefully give people like tangible applications that they can go out in life. Because there's nothing worse than hearing a bunch of fluff and you're like, okay, great. Sounds really good. What do I do with all that? Or the fluff without the reality of like, life is hard. And this situation is really hard. I love what you just said about changing your posture. 
tweaked my posture because I think posture is one of those things like I am a very visual learner. And I think even just the picture of when someone talks about my posture, you know, when the doctor tells me like, hey, put your shoulders back and you need to like stop slouching as much. I just kind of like <laughs> yeah, did my shoulders back. Feel the difference yeah. of how you can move about. We are in a psalm study right now. And just the psalms are filled with cries out to God. The circumstances of the bad situation are not changing, but because of the like psalmist writing and changing their posture to be pointed towards God and saying like, hey, what do you have for me that you are sovereign, you are good? The posture in the like psalm can be written totally different because they are changing their posture to be tuned to God instead of their circumstances. And I just think that's so cool. How you describe that, it's just like, yeah, really pretty and awesome. I also liked something that you said because you're sitting here. I think what you talked about is so relatable. Sometimes I think girls think, okay, maybe I'm not walking through a really scary medical diagnosis or a loss or something like that. But what you just said about that feeling of what's my purpose, I feel so confused, like that exhaustion you talk about from just mentally trying to think that through. I think that's so relatable. And what I heard you say in that is we kind of live in this culture. We're often talking about what we hear from culture versus what the Bible says and trying to sort those things out. And I do think we hear these voices of like, find your purpose. Like, what is your purpose? Come take my course. And like, I'm going to help you find it. And if you just knew your purpose, like you could accomplish anything. And we hear that like, you can literally do anything, especially this, like as a woman, go out and do whatever you want. There's like 10 steps to doing that, whatever. Do you guys know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like this culture voice. And what you're saying is like, we all have this innate desire to find purpose in our life, to live a purposeful life. And what you're saying is you can still search for that and have that through the lens of what God's purpose for your life is. And so I just love that distinction because if we're trying to, like you said, build this purposeful life based on what we want it to look like or what we think sounds good or comfortable or maybe just like Instagram worthy for us, like it's not going to align with God's purpose. And when we can do that, there's so much more peace found there than just like trying to figure it out on our own. I liked that. No, that's so good. And I think too, what I've learned through all of this is I had just as much purpose when I was working for Walmart's corporate office than I do now working for YouVersion, the Bible app. Like nothing's changed. And I believe I would have the same purpose if I was a stay at home mom. It doesn't change. It doesn't pause. And it's not something that you can obtain. It's actually God's gift to you. Like when he asks and invites us to co-work with him. Yeah. The Bible talks about the race that we are running. And the reality of that is, is that we are on the race at all times. The race doesn't stop. There are different seasons. There are different seasons of that. Yeah. I think it's easy in our lives also to look at others and say like, oh, your race is a lot harder than mine. Because I think that is one thing, Samantha, you mentioned, like, I love about your story. Obviously, God works in like the big things too of our lives. But I actually love that you were just like, literally nothing was really happening. I had turned down this job and I just saw life like passing me by. But talk to us about like, how do we go from that place? You talk in your book about your tips for getting unstuck. So that could be from some good thing comes to an end or when we're called out of our comfort zone or when nothing is going to plan. But like, how do you move from that place? Because even as you're describing, you're like, I can't even enjoy a cup of coffee. I think we've all been there. Like I have been in a place where I'm just like, I'm in such a funk. What is wrong with me? But then how do we move to a place of intention? Like, what do you talk through in your book? Help us like understand that a bit more. At first, I was like, there's five steps or whatever, but really, I think there's two to really boil it down and to really help whoever's listening today, like to have takeaways. The first is the posture of your heart. So just like the posture of me sitting on my Peloton was crucial and critical to me doing my workout, the posture of your heart is crucial and critical to you 
leaning in with purpose where you are. And so I'll give an example. When I wrote this book, I honestly thought that this book was going to be for girls that were in sororities. Okay. Like that's what everyone kind of does. It's around my age. Like they go and speak to sororities. It's really fun, real cute, whatever. So I started pitching myself to sororities and guess what? Ghosted, like legit ghosted by sororities. And I'm like, what the heck? Come on, God. Like this book is so cute. It looks like Galentine. It is like, so cute. <laughs> yeah. Like I even had like some really awesome videos that my publishers took of me and I'm like, this looks legit. What's going on? You know? Well, anyways, I actually had a girl reach out to me and tell me, Hope, I think your book needs to be in prisons. This is where I think your your book is supposed to be. And I and I'll get to the point of the story, but long story short, now I'm actually starting a nonprofit and I'm raising money to get this book in prisons. I've already raised enough for it to get 250 copies to get into prisons. I'm gonna be speaking in prisons, which mm-hmm. I feel so unqualified for. I have but I think from that. Yeah, I mean it's it's wild. The nonprofit I actually haven't announced a nonprofit yet, so y'all are the first so I know. But anyways, I feel like the posture of your heart, like had I not gone through really hard times, like this season of depression, like literally, I mean, I'm actually still being medicated for some depression. If I had not gone through this season where my heart posture, where I had open hands, I don't know if I would have been able to step into what God was calling me to with this book because I would have been like, it doesn't look like I thought. I'm just going to wait until a sorority says yes. But I share this to say your purpose is not on pause. It's time to press play. And wherever you are positioned, God has something for you. And it may not look like you thought. So the first step is like, okay, just being okay with things maybe looking different. And then the second step that I really have to work on is expectations. You can boil down any issue in your life, like a conflict in a relationship, all the way to, I don't feel like I'm living out my purpose. And a lot of it is just the expectation of what you thought something should be or the expectation of the role you thought someone would play. And long story short, I actually did some research on this in the book. And there's dopamine that goes off in your brain when something happens that you expected. So like even as far as sitting at a traffic light and it turning green, if it turns red when you're getting close, actually your brain reacts in a way where it's frustrated. But if it turns green, you actually have a little dopamine release. It's so crazy. But expectations really guide how we view and see the posture and the position of where we're at. So I really say that if you're feeling frustrated or stuck today, I would say first, just like have some open hands. What are you clinging to? Like, where's your heart? What are you expecting? And then the second is, okay, what am I expecting? And like, how do I actually start going to what God says and expect what he says? Like, I'm his child. I am here to do the good works that he created in advance for me. Like a start to pour that truth over you rather than maybe the truth that you've come to the conclusion of because we don't like unknowns, honestly. So I think those would really be the first two steps that have really helped me. The expectation thing I've always been a fan of because my husband and I, we've been married almost nine years. We got married in college when we were really young and we were going through our premarital counseling, which obviously if you've been married for more than like a week, you get is kind of laughable because like you really (laughs) need it like throughout the years, you know. But I remember the one thing that stuck with me from premarital counseling was the idea that expectations are just the hardest thing in marriage that can just like kill a marriage because I've seen it play out with like friendships or with so many things. It's like when you have these expectations, whether they're unrealistic or realistic and they don't happen, like if you're setting your hope in those expectations, like you're usually going to be 
disappointed in some way and that really like putting our hope in God is really the only expectation we can have out of this world. And so even for me, like my husband and I, both of our children are adopted and we knew I was kind of going to experience some infertility and we had some losses and some things along the way. And I had grieved kind of all of that in a way. And I remember having to grieve almost this expectation that our family, we would have children that looked like us or were biologically connected to us. And I remember going through that in some counseling of like, hey, sometimes you have to grieve the loss of an expectation in life because it's just expected. Like you grow up, you have kids, they look like you, they act like you, they whatever. And I remember thinking, wow, that is so helpful for so many aspects of life because if we don't give ourselves time to acknowledge, like you're kind of talking about in your book where I think you have people like write out, okay, what was the expectation for this? Like what didn't happen? It's almost like we have to acknowledge it because all I said before about not having those expectations, it's like, well, we're human. We're going to. There's an expectation for how someone would like my day's going to go. My day's going to go. Someone would greet me in a kind way. Like I expect for people to be hold nice. the door for hold me. the door. <laughs> right. Like there's so many little things. We're going to have expectations. And so if we lay them out and say, OK, didn't turn out that way. Let me grieve that. Let me like process through that. I think that allows us like you're kind of getting at to move past that and say like, OK, that's OK. I can move ahead. I don't have to like sit in that and the world fall apart. It's so funny you say that because in our premarital counseling, I remember we talked about expectations, but in the way that you will have expectations that you don't even know that you have. And so we talked a lot about the unspoken or subconscious expectations that you're going to experience in marriage. And then those are going to have to play out and you're going to have to figure that out. Uncommunicated expectations are unrealistic expectations. I remember they taught us that. too. Yeah. yeah. But I remember (laughs) thinking that's so good because it brought up all these things that I was like, oh, I don't know why I'm offended in my marriage about that. I just am. But now that I dig and process down into it, I'm recognizing, oh, like, that's how my mom and dad interacted. And I was expecting you to interact with me the exact same way. Or even in friendships, I'm like, why am I disappointed? Or why am I hurt? Or why did that bother me? Well, I had the expectation because this is what I thought. And it takes a lot of humility. It takes a lot of strength and courage to just sit there with, like you're saying, like an open heart posture to say, gosh, God, like, what am I clinging to? I have shared on the podcast, like I have just recently kind of walked out of like a weird emotional state that I've really never experienced before. And one of the things I recognized was like, it took me daily that in my head, I know who I am. In my head, I know that I'm a child of God and I'm cherished and I'm loved and I'm known. But I remember waking up and being like, I feel so outside of my body. Like, I don't even feel like I am who I am right now. And I remember reminding and like, honestly, like calling upon the Lord to say like, I have to literally sit there and like say out loud to you by myself, like to me and God, it's like only us here. This is who you say I am. And therefore I can move forward in my day out of the truths of who you are saying I am, because it's very easy to believe the lies that like of the things we're not. And it's easy to say, oh, I'm feeling so handicapped in this situation or just frustrated in this friendship or bummed out in my job or just lonely in my marriage. I mean, you could go on and on and on. And so I'm thinking about the girl here today who's like, yeah, it was hard to wake up this morning. It was hard to greet my kids with a smile. And I think the reality of that is, is like we daily have to say, no, God, like this is my identity in you. And how am I either living that out or am I living apart from that? And it's really hard to piece that apart. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, you've mentioned it a couple of times, so whatever you're willing to share about your postpartum journey, because we do have a lot of moms, not exclusively moms who listen to this, obviously, but I think it could mean a lot to someone if you speak a little bit on that and just share 
what you're willing to about your journey because I've had friends who have walked through that who maybe they've never experienced any kind of depression or anxiety before and how that can feel like this really big identity crisis on top of the things you're feeling daily. So would you share anything about that? Yeah, no, I'm happy to. I actually feel like really called to because I mean, I never thought that was going to happen to me. From the outside looking in, it's like, oh man, Hope has got it all together. She's got this husband, this house, this job, all these things. And from the moment Remy was born, literally everything looked different than I thought. So I went in thinking I was going to Sorry, guys, breastfeed. And I <laughs> we don't have a lot of guys like, who listen. <laughs> so that's like, great. Sorry as if this is TMI, but like <laughs> literally from the moment Remy was born, even her birth looked different. Like I was actually at work the day I went in for just like a 38 week appointment. And all of a sudden, my doctor, when I went into the appointment, she's like, Hope, your legs are as big as elephants and <laughs> your blood pressure is through the roof. You're going to come in at 9 p.m. tonight and we're going to deliver Remy Claire. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. So I was actually supposed to have lunch with my boss, call my boss. I'm like, I'm not coming back in. I'm packing for the hospital. <laughs> I'm going to decline all my calendar invites and put it on an out of office. So I get to the hospital and Remy's like heart rate was dropping during birth. It was a really crazy situation. I didn't even get to see her for a while, which I know some moms don't get to see the babies for much longer. Like I did get to see her that day, but anyway, she wouldn't latch. So she would not breastfeed. And so from the very beginning, I was feeling like, oh my gosh, I am not equipped, right? Like I don't know what's going on. And so I remember my husband was very supportive of like, look, we just have to feed our baby. Right. And so the night when we got home, that was kind of the first hard decision that came. It was like, I can either choose to have joy in this moment and like just love on Remy or I can choose to just frustrate both of us. Like it's not working. And so I finally realized like with a lot of tears, like I'm just going to choose joy. Remy's healthy. But it was a lot of like what we're talking about with unmet expectations. My whole family breastfed. Also, I'm the first working mom in my family. And I really think I got depressed because we were not in a place where I could not work. And so I was getting a lot of pressure from my family. I don't think my grandma will listen to this, but I mean, she still calls me today and says, when's Remy going to get her stay at home mom? It's really hard, but I am literally doing what I know the Lord. And I've never been so confident of like what he has called me to in this season. And that doesn't mean I may not always, or I may someday be a stay at home mom. That would be awesome. But that's just not my season and not what he's calling me to right now. But I think a lot of the postpartum depression was really from expectations. And that's why I'm so passionate about let's hold them loosely. Let's identify them. But I mean, also we just need to recognize too, it is really hard to break generational cycles or generational trends. And I'm noticing that in a lot of my friends and a lot of women today, the Lord is calling women to rise up and break a lot of those trends of what used to be. Like he's calling women to show up in a, a new capacity and the world has changed. And so anyways, I think that's really a lot of the postpartum depression. But I finally realized that I was not myself. I guess I was about six weeks postpartum when this hit me. And once again, I had the hard decision of I can either acknowledge that life is not what I thought it would be and I need to take medication and I am, I am depressed. Or I can keep living this way and not show up. Remy have a mother who is depressed and like can't even take care of herself at this point. Like it was really, really bad. And so finally my husband will, I mean, he's my biggest like supporter in all of this. He was like, hope you're not normal. This is not you. Let's acknowledge that. And 
either you're calling the doctor or I'm calling the doctor. Like, which one do you want? Will I'm come in and say, like, you got to move your legs home. Yeah, you're not yes. yourself. Like, shout out to Will. Will. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like women are called to rise up and move right now. Like, we cannot stay stuck. And we've got to just do what we know we need to do, but maybe are either scared to do or don't want to acknowledge or admit that we need to do. And so I'm still on the medicine. I actually feel great. I met with a nutritionist yesterday and we're working on getting me a diet that will allow me to kind of slowly get off this medication by the time Remy's one. So that's like my goal, but I'm also holding it loosely. Like if I start getting off the medication and it's not work, like I still need it, then that's okay. So anyways, that's really been my journey. And then I do feel called to talk openly about it because I think from the outside in, perception's always been something that's really mattered to me. And like, I always have one in my life. I'm working on this, but I've always wanted my life to look like everything's great. I'm great. You know, we're all good. And I feel like the Lord is just calling me to say, even for people who may look at my life and think everything's perfect, I'm still a broken human being who needs God and can only do this with God. Like my strength, I am weak, but in my weakness, I am strong because of him. And so anyways, that is a tidbit on my my journey. That's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, You're really say, wise. Yeah, that's awesome. You're really real about how you talk about it and really wise. So I love that. Yeah, combo. one thing I just want to highlight in that, because I think I hear that from your story and we have recently talked about this, even in our personal lives, of I think it's awesome. I think it takes a lot of humility. It takes a lot of wisdom and it takes a lot of strength that, again, you're saying like you don't have. God gives you the strength to see beyond that, because I think in your story, you can recognize like, oh, there's a lot of generational maybe hurt or there's people in your life that you could have said like, gosh, you putting that expectation on me is really hurtful. And I think you're choosing to say like, no, but I can still love that person. I can still love my grandma who says that and that really hurts me. But like, it's not her fault. Like, that's just what she thinks. And or like we could do that about a lot of people and things in our life of just like, especially in a time in a season of depression of just saying like, gosh, that was really hurtful to me or that was really harmful to what how they said that to me. But I think you're choosing to say like, no, they're not meaning anything by it. They're just sharing their expectation or desire or hope or thought. And I can choose to, again, feel confident and like, this is what I'm called to. This is what the season that God has me in right now. And if that changes, great. But right yeah. now that's <laughs> not changing. And so I, I can know. walk out in confidence and joy and I don't need to be bitter or yeah, just pained by things or circumstances that are kind of like coming on to you. So I just think that's a really cool perspective you have and an important one. I think like our whole generation needs to remember as we're all just like faulty, broken humans trying to do our best. Yeah. You know? Right. No, I think that's so good. And the last thing I'll add on that is that was not always me. Like I used to be living life and I joke about this. I think I actually mentioned this in the book, maybe if not a joke about it in my personal life, but I was living life like I was going to be announced when I got into heaven. It's like, Hope Harris, senior manager two of Walmart. Like I literally was living my life like that. Like it is funny, but it's also so true. I talk about this in the book and I truly believe this book is a great resource to help you go from like a season of confusion to a season of transformation. And I mean, we see that throughout the book of like, you meet one Bible character who, let me say, is our brother or sister in Christ, like they're real. And then you see their lives change as they learn who they are in God and they get to know God. And so really, I would not be where I am today had I not had to really learn the hard way and reach a complete rock bottom and be like, 
who am I? And who is God? You know, I grew up going to church and all those things, but I never really felt like I had taken upon myself to be like, oh, I'm confident. I am a child of God. And I actually believe that and believe that I'm on a mission for him and living for an audience of one. But it's hard, right? I think at the end of the day, when people are saying that, you have to be like, am I living for them or am I living for God? Okay, last I checked, I'm living for God. Okay, keep going. Yeah, like sometime hourly check-in in those certain seasons. But really quick, you wrote this book in a way that there's questions where people can actually write out answers and respond almost like journaling. You've kind of spoken to this throughout the conversation, but why was that really important to you that you wrote it that way? Yeah. So for me, I was trying to kind of marry up my business experience of like, how do I make things super concise and people know what to get, but then also just knowing and writing, like as soon as I started writing this book, a more toxic situation happened within work that I wasn't able to disclose full details for other reasons, but I was writing from a place of confusion. And so as I was writing, I was like, Lord, how do I just give people what they need to just spell it out for them of their next steps? Because I know when you're confused, the last thing you want to do is be like, okay, so what did this person expect me to get from this? Like, I was very clear of like, these are the questions you need to reflect on. And then these are what I think will help you overcome this and move forward. And so it was just so important to me because I know for me having questions and someone to kind of pull out, just like we've talked about, like even things that are under the surface that we don't even understand. So it was really important for me to ask questions that I felt like would pull out what you may not be able to pull out on your own from someone who's in the same boat as you. So I was really excited because my editor is amazing. Her name's Julie. She's actually a New York Times bestselling author. And I talked to her on the phone and I was like, look, Julie, it's really important to me that we nail these questions and these next steps because I'm writing from a place of being confused, but from you being in a season where you're not. And so she was really helpful to make sure that we really hit the nail on the head with the reflections after. Guys, like I said, we haven't gotten the chance to like read the whole book, but just even when looking through it, I was super impressed by how it is like <laughs> laid you. out because I was like, wow, this is so interesting. Very different than what I've seen in a lot of books. And even what we were just talking about a few minutes ago, you have a lot of parts where you say like the expectation of the season, then this is the experience. And then this is my current reality. Now reflect on these questions. And I'm like, oh, that's good. Good. It's because very you're not, practical. Yeah, yeah, very practical, very hands on. You're not just like, yeah, saying a bunch of fluffy stuff that you're like, that's great. But I'm having a really hard time believing that right now. So I just thought it was really good. So props to you. Yeah. I'm Y'all excited. I want to dig you. in. I know. I can't wait <laughs> yeah. to do it. But why don't you end us here just giving some encouragement for the girl who's listening today that is in that place of just like, deep confusion, deep depression, deep weakness. Again, she's like maybe listening and saying like, yeah, I didn't enjoy my cup of coffee today. I think that's so good that you said that. How would you encourage her? What would you say? Like, here's the state of who you are and how would you encourage them today? Yeah, I would actually say you're in the perfect place. Like you're in a place where Jesus has literally left the 99 and cares about you, cares about your soul. And right now, the best thing to do is just to read and learn about who God says you are and to pour those truths over you and to really start believing that, okay, my purpose doesn't pause. Like I am positioned here. And even though I don't understand this position, I'm not necessarily enjoying this position. This position is preparing me for when he's going to promote me to what's next. And you can just trust and relax here rather than feeling like, oh my gosh, because I mean, I've been there even after I wrote this book, when I was postpartum, diagnosed with postpartum depression, I found out I didn't get a promotion. And I was wondering what was next for my career, right? Like I'm holding my baby Remy Claire, and I have no way to fight for the career I'd given everything to and was like, Lord, what are you doing? 
And when I found myself here, I mean, I just cried out to God, like wherever you are, he's already met you there. So he's ready to hear from you and he's ready for you to lean in and just give it all to him. And I mean, I remember having very painful moments of like, I did not think this was going to look this way. I thought motherhood was going to be my purpose. This is insane that you would literally slam a door shut in my corporate career that I had given everything to for five years at this company and had been told that I had a runway like at this company be an executive and you've slammed the door shut and I can't even talk to the hiring manager because I'm on maternity leave, literally legally not able to talk to anyone. Like my maternity leave would end if I got on my computer. What are you doing? This is insane. And so I just want to remind you that you're not alone. I've been there. I wrote a whole book on this and found myself there again. But this is going to be a life where you do feel stuck and confused often. Like this is just how the world is. And the enemy would love nothing more to confuse you and make you question. The first thing he said to the first woman, right? Eve was, did God really say you can't eat from that tree? And like, I think over and over and over again, you're going to experience like, did God really say I'm his child? Did God really say that he wants to do good works with me that he actually prepared before I was even born? Did God really say that he's preparing an eternal home for me? Like you're going to have the doubt, but I think this is the perfect place to just lean in just like we did on the Peloton story because the resistance already cranked up. But when you lean in, you focus on just what the Lord is doing in your heart and the preparation that he's doing hold it with open hands and just even write down your expectations of what you thought and then write a verse next to it of the truth. That would be my advice, but just know you're not alone. I find myself here often, even though I wrote a book on it. And unfortunately, it's just life and I'm cheering you on. And if you want to DM me, definitely can. I'm a real human, have a full-time job. Like I'm not famous or anything. I'm happy to answer your DMs and help you with the next step. Oh, I love that. That's so That's sweet. awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm just thinking if you were listening today and you were the stay-at-home mom who's like wiping the dirty bottom for the 18th time or sitting over the <laughs> yeah. sink and you're like, I have done these dishes a billion times I have and no I'm purpose. so frustrated yeah. or you're sitting at work and you're staring at that spreadsheet and you're like, wow, my job is pointless and it has no purpose. Or if you are yeah, in a classroom and you're teaching these kids that are like so rambunctious and you feel like you can't even teach because you're parenting. Like I think of all these girls that I'm like, no, this is really hard, but like your purpose doesn't pause and that you have purpose in today. So hope you were super encouraging. Yeah, I love awesome. everything. Thank I can't you. wait to You're dig in. <laughs> we'll obviously make sure to link everything of how people can find you and connect with you if you want to DM Hope because yeah. she's a real person. <laughs> hope Reagan Harris, yeah, not Hope person. Harris. So, but thank <laughs> yeah. you so much for your time today. Yeah, you're awesome. Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon.